Hello and welcome to the Striker Balance podcast for working homeschool moms. This is Charlotte Jones, homeschool coach and homeschooling mom of twin boys. I know it can feel really overwhelming to keep all the balls in the air all the time. So each week I chat about tips and strategies for being a happy and thriving working homeschool mom that you can implement in your life too. I also speak to awesome and inspiring women who manage to juggle homeschooling and work successfully and find out what their secrets are. Be sure to check out my Working Homeschool Mom Magic Mindset Challenge in the show notes and sign up to my newsletter for lots of cool homeschool freebies. And if you ever need to chat, please book in a session with me. I'm so excited for you to be here and I hope you'll get so much value out of this episode. So let's get started. So today I'm going to be talking to Vida Mercer from Mercer Homeschooling. Welcome to the podcast, Vida. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Charlotte. I'm so excited to be here. It's lovely to chat with you again. Okay, perfect. So before we get into the interview, I'd like to ask you a bit of a warm-up question. So if you were to publish your autobiography today, what would the title be and why? Oh, my goodness. So I'm actually, one of the books I'm reading right now is about how to write memoirs. So I hope this is, this actually comes true one day, but um Let's see. One of the ones on my running list would be, um, I think this above all, the beginning of the quote from Hamlet, this above all to thine own self be true. Because I just think it's the most concise life advice ever. And I and I feel that like that's what my life is. It's just this um, running effort to be true to myself and all the successes and failures along the way. <laughs> that's a fantastic one. Okay, so maybe you can also tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do, maybe your kids, things like that, any information that you'd like to share. Sure, sure. Um, Well, we're second generation homeschoolers. I was homeschooled way back in the day when it was practically unheard of. And currently, I'm um, a curriculum and content writer and a homeschool consultant, mostly for businesses. I do consult with some families, but mostly for businesses. And I'm also newly a writing instructor for the Brave Writer curriculum. My husband and I, we have two incredible, fierce daughters, um, ages 10 and 7. And then as far as like what else about me and hobbies, I like to um, I like to read. At, like I just mentioned, I read about writing and history and things like that. My husband and I like to go horseback riding whenever we can. And that's about it, about me. Okay. I assume you've, you've homeschooled your children from the very beginning. Is that right? Yes. Yes, correct. We always knew that's what we wanted to do. Okay. Okay. So obviously you were homeschooled. I assumed you had a really good experience, but are there any other reasons why you chose to to homeschool? Um, Well, I I did. I had a really, really good experience. And my husband went more a traditional route um, with public school and private school. And he lived on different sides of the country. So he had lots of different experiences of all types in a more traditional setting and wasn't happy with that and just felt like, Um, his needs weren't met as well as they could have been. And so the combination of those two experiences, and we just, we wanted to to have our family together. We wanted to spend more time with our girls and we wanted to give them educations that were really tailored to them. And so all of that led us to, to just know that we wanted to homeschool from the start. And what about being a working homeschool mom specifically? 
Sure. So uh, previously, I, you know, I was homeschooled all the way through to college. Um, after college, I went into the legal field and I was a litigation paralegal. Um, and then I quit that to be home. I was able to sort of segue that into being a transcriptionist from home when my daughter was, my oldest daughter was about one. So I did that for a while just to sort of to contribute to, you know, our family financially and then started writing about homeschooling on the side and was able to make that transition in my career from doing transcription to then it being all about homeschooling and writing. Since my, our 10-year-old was about one is how long I've been working from home. And, mm. you know, I, I count that as homeschooling. We say we've homeschooled our, our children since birth. So it's not like we just feel like it's a lifestyle. And so we've been, you know, in our opinion, homeschooling and working since that time. And it's always fantastic to be able to kind of combine your passion, obviously, and work together. I think it's always makes for a happy working environment, I would say. It is. It's it's very fulfilling to to be able to work in a in a topic in an area that you believe in and you're passionate about. Absolutely. But obviously we all have difficult times and how do you kind of deal with that kind of uh, those kinds of periods or those kinds of seasons and have you ever wanted to quit homeschooling? Homeschooling? No. I've certainly wanted to quit certain <laughs> aspects of jobs that I've had. But um I've never necessarily wanted to quit homeschooling, but I have certainly felt the need to make changes or to take a break. So I definitely sympathize with it. I've known a lot of people who who have gotten that far and they just, oh, we should just send them back to school. And it does get really frustrating and really hard sometimes. And it's where I feel like, you know, you have to just take a breath and step back and take stock. And is this just, is it just a bad day or a bad week? Is this just maybe you're trying to make the wrong curriculum work for you and you need to make a change there? For me, just a time to really step back and assess what the issues are that are causing the frustration and where I can take control of it and make changes. Is this just a, you know, it's just a phase that'll pass? And um, do I need to make a, a mindset adjustment? Is it something within myself that I have a bad attitude about? Or is this a real problem that I need to make a bigger change and, and make it work? Mm, absolutely. And I think it also comes with experience. I've kind of noticed that as you get further into the homeschooling journey, you feel less afraid to kind of make changes as well, I think. Exactly. I, and, and I believe so strongly in being open to that. I mean, I, I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes people make early on is that they pick their homeschooling style and they pick their curriculum and they set a schedule and then they feel locked into that. And even when something is working great, it's not it's not going to work great forever. Your kids are going to change. You're going to change. Your life is going to change. And eventually that thing that worked so great for you isn't going to work anymore. And it's just not. And if you're not open to like recognizing that and making the changes and adjustments when you need to, you're just going to try to continue to make something work that no longer serves you. And that's when you get reluctant learners as well, which is not fun for anybody. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Mm. Um, so how do you stay organized generally within homeschool and with kind of juggling homeschooling and working? For me, I have to have multiple different planners. I have, and, and I can't do all technology either. I have paper planners. I have one for my um, homeschool stuff and our schedule and what we do every day for school. And then I have a personal one um, that's a paper planner. 
And then most of my business stuff, I, I do use online resources for like Asana, which is a project management tool. I use that for work and work projects and things like that. So just all of these multiple different planners. But then I think the best thing to keep organized is one central block schedule. I, I use, you know, Google Calendar. And to me, the most critical thing to getting everything done is to use block scheduling where everything has a time. And as long as everything has a time slot and I'm trying to do what it's time to do, then I'm managing to accomplish what I'm supposed to accomplish. So that's like the number one thing to keep me on track. And then it takes off the pressure, I guess, of having to achieve certain things within a day as well. If you Exactly. If you block, yeah. Yeah, because then if you know if your block ends and you haven't accomplished the whole, everything that needs to be done, then it goes to the next block, and you've still moved forward, and you still can can cross that off your list for the day and feel accomplished, and you know that you'll get back to it. And how you did mention a mindset before, and how important do you think mindset is for being a successful working homeschool mom? Oh, I think it's everything. I think it's everything. One of my favorite quotes is from Henry Ford, who said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It's just, I think so much in life is all about our mindsets and how we look at it. Focusing on the things that you can control. It gets really frustrating to try to, you know, whether it's, you know, how a child acts out or, you know, that the weather has ruined your plans. If you, if you focus on just the things in your life that you can control and how, and try to have a positive and flexible mindset, I think it just makes all the difference in the world. And one thing I love is being able to pass it on to our children really, really early on as well, I think. Yes, yes. It's a super valuable thing to pass on. Um, okay, so I think self-care is obviously important for all human beings, but what does that look like for you as a working homeschool mom? <laughs> for me, it's getting, it's getting out among trees. I'm a real, I'm a tree person. I've never met a tree that I didn't like. And so for me, it's really important to get out and, you know, we have our places that we go for our hikes and walks and, you know, California is great for its trees. So for some reason, that is my self-care. That's just, I don't, I can't imagine living in a place where there were no trees. <laughs> Aren't the really big, tr the, the redwoods are in, in California, aren't they? They are. I've been to see them. My husband took oh, me for gosh. my birthday once and they are incredible. Oh, God. I mean, obviously I've just seen pictures, but oh my goodness, they are so spectacular. Really yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, okay, so what does your schedule look like roughly? You did speak about uh, block scheduling, but kind of also in terms of like your year schedule, what does that look like as well? We t do take a summer break. We, we sort of follow a traditional school year of August. When I was a kid, we started school in September. But here nowadays, they start in August. And so we kind of do the same thing. We start in August. And um, we do usually take a pretty extensive Christmas break, winter break. And then there's usually like a week in the fall and a week in the spring that we um, sort of take off to try to have a little breather in there. And then during the summer, we sort of do a light version of school. We don't just totally abandon it. I try to more unschool during during the summer and still provide some of those enrichment activities and still do reading and maybe, you know, a little bit of math to keep that going. But it's like light in the summer and focus more on outdoor activities and things like that. So that's uh, that's sort of the year schedule. And then kind of a, a typical day, what would that look like? 
a typical day. I'm a morning person, and my husband leaves for work really early at 3.30 in the morning. So I get up at 3 to see him off out the door, and then I go back to bed when he leaves till about 5. 5 is my wake-up time, and from 5 to 6 is my hour. Like, that's my hour, (laughs) which is whatever I need it to be. Sometimes it's reading. Sometimes it's sleeping in. Whatever that is, it's whatever I need to be prepared for that day, I know that's my time. And then from 6 to 8 – is my early work block and because I'm a morning person like that's when my brain is most on and so I do like any heavy writing projects and or research projects anything like that I do during that time from eight you know it's back to the family stuff and um you know chores clean up everybody dressed in breakfast and by nine or nine thirty we're sitting down to school so from from that point until lunchtime is school time and my oldest She's really independent. She's kind of in those middle school years now, and it's been really great. We've tried a lot of different things, and we found that a textbook approach works really well for her for math and grammar, the sort of writing mechanics. And so she really does a lot of that very independently. So we do the stuff, you know, during those hours that we do together, which is history and science. I teach those both to both children at the same time. So we explore those together. And then I work with my younger one on her math and her reading, you know, help my older one out as needed. And then we have lunch and we sort of reset. And I, I've learned that if I don't do like a kitchen cleanup and a schoolwork cleanup at that time, then everything starts to fall apart. So we sort of tidy up and have lunch. And then the afternoon is whatever it needs to be. A lot of t- times it's more work um, or getting out to the park. And sometimes I'll just take my laptop with me and work there while they play and ride their scooters. Or, you know, my husband gets off f- fairly early since he goes to work so early. So sometimes it's a family thing um, and then dinner and bedtime and all of that. That's like a a typical day. And you did speak a little bit about taking a breath when you have a tough day. Are there any other things that you do when when homeschool days are a little bit tricky? Yeah, I it is just to step back from school. It, you know, it depends on really what's causing the tough day. Is it is it me having a tough day? Is it one of the children? It's really to just give whoever that is what they need at that moment and to try to look at the big picture of like what what is it really going to accomplish to try to force it on a difficult day and it's not really going to accomplish anything except being able to check that off in your planner that you did school that day no matter what and that's not really the goal you know so we step back we go outside or we play Minecraft or, um, you know, we just do art projects. Um, we just really acknowledge that, you know, it's not working this day and we're going to try again tomorrow. And I think, like we said, that also comes a little bit with experience where you think, okay, one day is not going to make a huge difference. Taking a day off, for example, when people are not in the mood. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in fact, it can, it can even make a really positive difference. Um, you can, I think sometimes cause a lot more harm than good by trying to make it work when it's not working. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I learned that very early on. I must be honest. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> um, and what is your absolute favorite homeschooling resource and why? It is the basics. It is my whiteboard. I have So our dining room doubles as our school room, but we stri- try to still keep some semblance of a dining room. And so our whiteboard is framed in a frame to match our furniture. And it's up there on the dining room wall, just like somebody would have a painting up there. Between that and the little carousel on the table that holds all the pens and pencils and things, just those simple things, because those are the things that get used every single day, no matter what. (laughs) 
And if somebody's starting out with homeschooling, because obviously it's usually a very scary time. So what do you think is the most important thing that they need to think about when they start out? I think that we kind of touched on it earlier about sort of an, an openness to change, having a flexible mindset going into it from the beginning. A lot of self-exploration of what is going to work for their family, not what their friend who is already homeschooling is doing or the latest, you know, curriculum that's that seems so great. But to really first dive into what their family needs and what they're hoping to get out of the experience and what their priorities are before you start to look at buying the curriculum and um, adopting, you know, a particular homeschool style because it's the fashionable thing to do and and to just be very open to making changes as you go and and knowing that that that's going to be a part of it and that you know like I said earlier even if something seems great and is working it doesn't mean it's going to work forever mm. <laughs> in fact it's probably not so being open to making those changes when when you recognize that that needs to happen I think, uh, for example, Instagram and Pinterest can be very useful resources, but at the same time, if you use them to compare, they can be very detrimental. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can get a lot of great ideas and a lot of inspiration, but you have to also be really careful with it that you don't compare. Yeah. You have to be in the, I like to say, be in the radical pursuit of what works for you and for your family and not settle for, for less than that. Sure. Oh, I love that. Yes. Radical pursuit. Yes, that's fantastic. In terms of being a, a happy and thriving working homeschool mom specifically, what would be your number one piece of advice? My number one piece of advice. I love, so you can tell I collect quotes too. That's another hobby of mine. I love Betty Friedan's quote that you can have it all, just not all at the same time. And I think that prioritizing is so important you really can do it all. You just can't do it all at the same time. You have to, not everything can be equally important because then you have, you really honestly have no priorities. Everything is a priority and that doesn't work. You have to sort of ruthlessly look at what you're allowing into your schedule and say, you know, what is really adding value to my family and our lives? You know, do we really need all these extra curricular activities or these, you know, social engagements, whether it's for the kids or for the parents and, and say, you know, let's just cut, cut this down to the basics and the real priorities and let's devote ourselves wholeheartedly to those things. And for me, that's the secret to thriving and happiness is just to keep it simple and to not be trying to do all the things all the time. And you can switch that up. You can have a, a period of time where your focus is one thing and then you can shift it to something else. It doesn't mean that those things just completely get dropped or go to the wayside. It just means that that you have to pick carefully or else you're just going to burn yourself out. Really good piece of advice. And finally, uh, are you working on anything at the moment that you would like to share? And where can people find you online? Sure. Um, I'm working on a project called Essential Homeschooling, which is sort of has has to do with what I just spoke about of learning how to prioritize what's essential to you in homeschooling and focusing on that to the exclusion of, of all the other things, all the noise, all the things that seem important, but really aren't and are pulling your attention away and, and how to sort of craft your homeschooling style around the essential. Um, so I'm working on a series of resources and um, mini podcasts along that theme, Fi how to find, you know, real meaning and purpose out of um, pursuing the things that are of the highest value to you in your homeschool. 
online, I can be found at mercerhomeschooling.com and also Mercer Homeschooling on Facebook and Instagram. Um, or on Twitter, I mostly use the handle at Vita underscore rights on Twitter. Okay, perfect. And I will obviously link all those um, in the show notes. Okay, thank you so much for all this wonderful advice. Um, I think people are going to find a lot of value out of this. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Charlotte. I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. Drop me a DM on Instagram or post on the Working Home School Mom support group over on Facebook. And let me know what resonated the most with you. It would also be great if you could rate, review and subscribe or share the podcast with a working homeschool mom who might need it. Until next time, take care.